part of me, I think, like, I think I'd really bought into that whole, it's 90% perspiration and 10% inspiration or whatever. And that whole, like, you've got to work hard to be successful. It's not about talent. It's about working hard. And so I kind of, on some level felt like if I, if I stopped, if I gave myself permission to stop, then it was like accepting that I was going to be a failure or that, that I wasn't worthy of success. That's Renee Jonas. She's a professional singer and songwriter whose most recent single step up just went to number one on the country iTunes chart. She also toured nationally with the 10 Sopranos for over a decade, and now she pitches her songs to some of the world's biggest country music stars. Renee is actually a coaching client of mine, and she has had one of the most remarkable transformations I've seen. Because when I met Renee, she was stressed out of her mind from work, spinning a thousand plates, exhausted, and believing that in order to be successful in both her music career and her day job, where she's a project manager, she had to grind and do 14-hour days and say yes to everybody and keep everybody happy. And it left her feeling deeply frustrated as her work became more joyless and more exhausting. Does that sound familiar? All she wanted was a life that allowed her to balance her music, her health, her relationships, and her work without involving a nervous breakdown from trying to do it all. And that is what she's been able to create for herself through our work, which is why I wanted to bring her on to today's episode, because she's going to share with you the two biggest psychological strategies that helped her go from crazy stressed and overwhelmed in her day job and music career to having way more balance and calm. And yes, you guessed it, success, more success without all the grinding. These two strategies are one, setting boundaries, and two, regulating the nervous system. And in this episode, you're going to find out how essential it is to set boundaries in your work, even if it scares you, because boundaries is what's going to help you feel empowered and stop all of those plates from spinning out of control. And Renee is going to share how she worked through her fear of setting boundaries and disappointing people. You're also going to learn about the inextricable link between setting boundaries and regulating the nervous system, both of which are essential to reducing stress and overwhelm in your work or business. And Renee's story is going to really prove to you that you don't need to keep people-pleasing and grinding yourself into the ground in order to be successful. In fact, it is quite the opposite. Also, you're in for a treat because Renee has actually taken the lessons that she's learned about setting boundaries so that she can have more space and balance in her life and turned it into a gorgeous song, which she's going to share with us at the end of this episode. I will, of course, also be jumping in and helping you understand the deeper psychology underlying Renee's transformation so that you can start to steal the strategies that helped her settle down the stress and the overwhelm and constant pressure to grind, which you might also be experiencing in your work or your business. I'm clinical psychologist Talia Rabinovitz and the host of the Business Psychology Hotline. And if you find that you actually need some help regulating your nervous system yourself so that you don't feel so stressed or overwhelmed at work or setting boundaries at work, you can actually go to my website. I've got two free trainings there. It's talia.co, T-A-L-Y-A.co. There's two free trainings there and I'm actually just going to pop the links for both of those trainings 
in the show notes. Also, if you love the podcast and you want to support us, the best way to actually do that is to go and rate and review us in Apple Podcasts or to follow us on Spotify. This really helps us reach more people and it takes 30 seconds. You can pause the podcast now or do it after the episode. It really helps us and we really appreciate your support. And of course, before we jump in, please note that this podcast, Nor My Coaching, is a health service and shouldn't be used to substitute individual psychological care if that's something you're needing. Okay, let's do it. Welcome to the Business Psychology Hotline. Welcome to the Business Psychology Hotline. Give me a business psychology questions and I'll solve them for you using melody and rhyme. So I want you to have a listen to where Renee was at before we started working together and see if you can see yourself in her experience. Here she is talking about how she was showing up to her day job, even when she was in excruciating pain after she broke her leg. The problem was because I was such a, you know, workaholic, um, obsessive personality that was like still trying to juggle all of the plates. And I was just not even willing to let them go. Even when I had a broken leg, I remember, again, I remember being there on crutches. Uh, It was a couple of months in the lead up to me going to Nashville, I was trying to get songs demoed up before I went. And I was like on crutches, hopping on the footpath, trying to get to the recording studio. I had like tears streaming down my face because I was in so much pain. And I legitimately was just like, I just, I can't take one more step. Like it's just, it's too much. And I basically was in this cycle of push myself until breaking point. And I would get like, the worst of the worst of the man flus. (laughs) And I would literally be like flat on my back in bed for a week, practically comatosed, can't move, can't do anything because I've just run myself so far down to empty. And then the second that I sort of felt like I could even drag myself out of bed again, I would be kind of up and running. Not a lot of self-care happening like I guess zero, zero self-care. Zero self-care. And I remember you said to me when, you know, when we started working together and you sort of ha- having all these realizations, you were like, you know, people were telling me to rest, but I didn't know how to rest. Like, what is there a checklist for resting? <laughs> I can work till for, you know, 29 hours a day. I can do a thousand things even when I have a broken leg, but I don't know how to rest. Do I get a re- an award at the end? Is there a medal? You know, <laughs> tell us yeah. about that. <laughs> I, yeah, again, when I had the broken leg, I remember sitting up until three or 4 a.m. in the morning, one morning, like with my leg elevated and, and iced up because um, my day job needed a, a report the next day. And they, I was just known for being the magician that would just pull a rabbit out of a hat and absolutely just, um, you know, I got to the point with my day job where I was, you know, when I first started there, it was like, oh, your monthly miracle. And by the time I left there two years later, it was like, do you want your morning miracle or your afternoon miracle? No, you want a third miracle today? No, no, that's too much. Like you need to like leave one of those miracles until tomorrow. And these were legitimately like crazy things that they were asking me to do. There is a building in the middle of that field. We need it moved next week. And I'm like, that's a building. A whole building needs to literally be pulled up and shifted across. You know, there's so many logistics involved in that, that it's just in insane. And yeah, I'd get to the point where I had a week off and I was like, what do I do with this week off? Oh, I know. I'll write a checklist of like 60 things that I can do in my, like my week off. Look at all these things I can do. And so I still was not ever prioritizing like 
sleep and rest and self-care and eating healthily. So I don't know if you can hear it, but I definitely can as a psychologist. Renee, when she came to see me, was caught in what we call the grind cycle. Have a listen to it and see if you're caught in it too, because it causes way more stress and overwhelm than you need to be experiencing in your business or in your work. The first part of this cycle is really about this pressure that you feel inside to say yes to everything that everybody asks of you in your work or in your business. So it's like stay back late because a client needs something. Yes, you say yes. Push yourself to over-deliver, even if that means you're now working 14-hour days. Yes, you say yes. This part of the cycle is driven by a pressure that you feel inside to give everybody around you what they expect from you. And because you're so high-functioning and capable, people expect a lot. This stage of the cycle then leads to the second stage, which is having all these plates in the air because you've said yes to so much. And that means that you're grinding to get everything done. You push past your own physical needs, emotional needs, relationship needs, and you just push yourself to deliver what's expected of you. Does that mean you get takeout dinner again? It does. Does it mean you snap at your partner or your mum because you're cranky because you're exhausted? It does. Does it mean that your camera or guitar or bike just gathers dust in the corner of your living room because you've got no time to do anything else? but keep all those plates spinning. Yes, it does. And then we hit stage three, Eeyore mode, where you hit a wall. You are exhausted. You've burnt your energy. You cannot be bothered anymore. The pressure and the stress is just too much and you want to stay in bed for 10 hours and watch Netflix, preferably hiding under the covers with potato chips in hand. So you do that. And you do it for a while, maybe a day or two, maybe a week, and that helps you gather your energy and get over the cold that you've been getting or this headache that you've been walking around with because you haven't been caring for yourself. And then when you finally have a bit more energy, you start the whole thing again. Somebody says, can you stay back late? You say yes. A client says, can you deliver this for me? You say yes. You say yes. You say yes. And so the cycle continues. Now, don't worry if you relate to this. There is a way out. Because this cycle, it burns health. It can be so difficult for the body to keep up with this cycle. It can cause all kinds of health problems if that's something that you're experiencing. It makes work way more stressful and overwhelming than it needs to be. It makes gives us no time for our personal relationships. It can make work feel really joyless or your business start to feel really joyless. And if you know anything about the nervous system, you would know that when we're in this cycle, we actually start to lose connection with our most evolved brain, which is where we work most efficiently and enjoyably anyway. So if you hear yourself in this cycle and it's costing you, there is a way out and Renee is living proof of that. Listen to the first thing that helped her start to get out of the grind cycle. Yeah, I remember, uh, I think it towards the end of that year, the way I managed to break that cycle was actually starting to realize within myself that I was, I was actually starting to like wish that I would get sick or looking and I, and I was like and that just kind of shocked me and I went oh I shouldn't be wishing for sickness that is not a healthy uh wishing attitude. for rest though R- yeah. wishing for rest wishing for for a permission slip to rest and I think what yeah. you know what's so interesting as you speak is I see I see two things happening when you describe this time I see the you who everybody else must have seen at that time that you worked with who was like give it to Renee. Renee can get it done. (laughs) Renee can literally move buildings in the space of a week. Give it to her, which, which suggests 
I think that you are high functioning at the best of times, but you're Mm. also high functioning at the worst of times. And people don't know. They don't know what's going on inside. Meanwhile, you're like praying to get sick so that you can Mm. have an excuse to rest and you're exhausted and you're working on a broken leg and you're just like, Mm. I'm one toe stub away from, you know, having a, you know, massive cry on, you know, the side of the street because it's all too much. Part of me, I think, like, I think I'd really bought into that whole, um, you know, a lot of sort of motivational and self-help books and, you know, or success books talk about, you know, it's 90% perspiration and 10% inspiration or whatever. And that whole, like, you've got to work hard to be successful. It's not about talent. It's about working hard. And so I kind of on some level felt like if I, if I stopped, if I gave myself permission to stop, then it was like accepting that I was going to be a failure or that, that I wasn't worthy of success or. That's right. All these sort of underlying core beliefs around care, self-care and resting. Yeah. Things like if I stop, then I'm a failure. If I stop, then I won't grow. And mm. I think that I think that that's really woven into the mentality that drives us to work 14-hour days or 15-hour yeah. days. Okay, so here is something for you to think about if you find yourself grinding and pushing yourself to the point of exhaustion in your work or business. Why? What is the core belief that is driving you to do that? And again, if we think like psychologists, we can hear Renee's core belief, which was, if I don't work really hard, then I will fail. These core beliefs sit below the surface of our awareness and yet can have a tremendous effect on what we think, feel, and do. In fact, they're often largely responsible for all those bad habits and patterns that we find ourselves caught in. So how do you discover what some of your core beliefs are so they don't keep you in this toxic cycle of overwhelm and stress in your work or business? Well, you can start by completing this sentence. If I don't grind and push myself so hard, then... How do you complete that sentence? Is it, then I'm a failure, then others won't think I'm competent, then I'm lazy... Once we've unearthed your most powerful, unhelpful core belief, we can actually start challenging them so they don't have so much control over you. And how do we challenge these beliefs? Well, you can use a strategy called reality testing, which is where we actually take those beliefs and we see whether they're actually based on facts by asking, is this even true? So think about it with Renee. She believed that if she didn't grind or stress herself out to the point of exhaustion, then she wouldn't be successful. But when I asked her how well her music career was going during this time, when she was driven by this belief, this is what she said. I was working so much. I was singing, I'd been singing on the Harbour Cruises for about seven years as well. So that was kind of more casual. But on the weeks that I was working, you know, sometimes if one of the other girls was sick or whatever, I might be working three or four nights that week. So it would be like, get up at seven o'clock, go to my day job, work there till five, go straight to the Harbour Cruises, jump on the cruises and and be singing from sort of 6.30 till 10 or 10.30 or 11, and then go home, get to bed, hopefully before midnight, wake up and repeat the whole cycle again. So, you know, that was fun when I first started it seven years ago and I wasn't so burnt out and I wasn't so exhausted, but it got to the point where the money wasn't worth it. It wasn't fun anymore. I wasn't enjoying it. It it just, I was really questioning like, why am I even doing this? But again, just didn't feel like I could say no to it because I was like, but other people would kill for this opportunity and it's great. And it's, 
you know, I should be grateful and I I loved it five years ago. Why do I not love it so much anymore? And Okay, so again, thinking like a psychologist, if we look at Renee's core belief that in order to be successful, she needed to grind, we can see it wasn't really based on facts because Renee is describing how exhausted she was and how stressed she was, which meant that she wasn't really able to enjoy the experience And from a psychological perspective, she was probably finding it difficult, like we all do, to connect to her highest brain, which then made it difficult to strategize and capitalize on the opportunities that were on offer. So again, is it really true back then for Renee that in order to be successful, she needed to grind? Well, not really if we hold that up to facts. So ask yourself, What are the core beliefs that underlie some of your maybe not so great habits or unhelpful patterns that are keeping you stressed and overwhelmed in your work or business? We want to hold them up to reality and ask, is that even true? When you look at the facts, is that even true? Because maybe it's not true, which means that you probably shouldn't keep believing it. And if you don't keep believing it, then it's not going to drive the behavior that keeps you stressing and grinding and feeling so overwhelmed in your business or in your career. That is cognitive behavioral therapy in a little nutshell. Now, the other thing to notice about Renee's experience, and you might relate to this, is that even though she looked really busy, she was actually functioning from fight or flight mode in her nervous system. And if you think that's the best place to grow your career or business from, have a listen to this part of the conversation, which is really going to help you challenge that tough taskmaster that probably lives inside you, who keeps feeding you the lie that pushing yourself is the best option when it comes to creating success. I promise you, it ain't. That is the definition of the grind. Doing a thousand things, but classic flight, fight energy of it's not really the stuff that is most serving of your best vision. And it's not, it's, there's not even time to enjoy it. And did you experience the crash because often when we're in that (laughs) I mean I know you did but I want you to explain that yeah when we're in that grind 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 push 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 14 hour days busy 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 hamster Mm. on a wheel going on the treadmill Mm. the nervous system just gets kind of exhausted and can drop into a parasympathetic gluggy slow wow I can't even get off the couch to you know Mm. have to watch Netflix and eat potato chips couch. I I couldn't make it to the couch. I couldn't get out of bed. Like I was just, I, that, that's basically how I would get into these cycles of getting so sick. I, I couldn't move. Like I was literally lying there. Um, felt like I'd been run over, you know, back and forth by a dozen, you know, trucks. Like I just, and then didn't feel like I could reach out and ask people for help. And, yeah, it was just, it was so hard. It's it's a positive and it's a negative, but like, you know, it's it's good to be grateful and and think along the lines of, you know, other people, there are other people in the world that have it worse than you. But then the negative to that thought pattern is, well, then I don't have any right to complain about anything because there are so many more people out there that have got so much worse off than me. So I just need to suck it up and keep going. And that was the mindset that I guess I'd gotten into of not even feeling like I was deserving of 
rest or a break or, you know, it was that kind of, oh, I'll rest when I'm dead. And it's like, yeah, well, that's going to come a lot quicker if you don't actually stop and rest now. And then I think that's when we met, when you had done Mm. that cycle maybe 10 times over Mm. those years of just like, Rush, 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 go, 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 busy, busy, grind, 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 sympathetic, mobilizing energy, boom, crash, exhaustion, far out, how do I keep going? And then I think then you sort of elbow crawled your way to <laughs> like one of my webinars and then we had yeah. a chat afterwards. Yeah. And what what did we start to do? Like I know for me what I think we started to do that started to make a big difference, but in your mind, what did we start to do that started to shift things? I don't know if this is where we started, but it's the first thing that I can think of that that I really noticed like a huge impact, a huge difference was like recognizing that I could actually have boundaries, that I was allowed to have boundaries, that I was allowed to use the N-O word and that that was actually like a good thing. Mm. Um, and I remember, yeah, one week you gave us some kind of a challenge that was like, go say no to people this week. You know, if you haven't disappointed someone this week, you're not trying hard enough or something. Totally. It's my favorite. You have to disappoint somebody, one person every week. Otherwise, you're not holding enough boundaries. There's always a good metric for how many boundaries you're holding. And I think when I said that to you, it was like, what? But yeah, I don't disappoint people. Yeah. And that was, that was it. It was really, it was re- the the irony is, of course, I was disappointing people all over the place because I was a red hot mess and I couldn't like okay, fulfill but, everything. But wait, just wait. <laughs> that is so vital because I think I think a lot of women really struggle with that idea of disappointing people. But mm. what you just named is so true. It's like you're disappointing people if you know if we're giving and giving and giving and then mm. we're canceling plans and then we're yeah. you know leaving thing important mm. engagements early because we're too exhausted and then we're not really present when we're there and then we're not able to commit to stuff because we can't trust that we'll be like tell us about that yeah well absolutely like i i definitely um i had you know, I've got a lot of songwriting friends and things and people that would, you know, want me to do session vocals for them and stuff. Um, And they might ask me, oh, you know, can you do these session vocals? I need them this weekend sort of thing. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, okay. I guess I I can, I'll find time to get them done. And this was why sometimes it, like it was getting done at 2am in the morning. What I think is so interesting about your story, and and I see this all the time, is the boundaries are actually regulating for the nervous system. Mm. Did you notice that as we started to set boundaries, Mm. as you started to set boundaries, the nervous system started to calm down because there wasn't so many plates spinning in the air that were constantly triggering you. That's how I remember it. Oh, 100%. Yeah, it was because it was on every level. Like once I started setting boundaries with other people, I was able to set boundaries with myself. I was able to actually recognize that self-care was needed. I was able to actually get sleep. Something simple like just um, I think at one point you – made a comment or gave somehow gave me permission or maybe I gave myself permission after one of our sessions to just not have to answer the phone if I didn't want to. And that is, I think, such a good point around how we actually have to teach people how to treat us when mm. there's when there hasn't been, when there hasn't been, haven't been these boundaries in place. When we start asserting them, people are like, really? And they kind of push and they're like, but really, really, whether it's, you know, Mm. obviously we're talking more at work, but it happens in our personal life too. And there is this process of, um, well, there's two things that happened in the beginning. First of all, we have to get really good at saying yes, really, in a nice way. (laughs) right? And also 
there's this other thing that I noticed is where we have to walk back the boundary. And it's mm. like, we've said yes, you know, people like come and they work with me and like, but I've said yes to all these things. And it's like, great, we're going to have some conversations where you mm. take back your yes. I you, had to do that a couple of times. Right? And I'm getting better at recognizing the red flag and going, oh, yeah, mm. actually, wait, <laughs> I'm going to check my diary or I'm going to think about how much capacity I actually have for this. But Certainly, yeah, in the early stages, I had to take it back a couple of times. I said yes. And then I was like, you know what? It actually has to be a no. And I and I remember that was another really big light bulb moment for you around capacity. That idea of, we call it the capacity pie in our program, mm. where it's like, how much, cap- we all have 100% of a pie every day. That's our mm. energy. I thought I had 12 pies. You thought you had 12 pies, which is why you were saying yes to so many things. But I remember we sat down and we looked, well, this is your capacity every day. What what percentage are you dedicating to health? What percentage mm. are you dedicating to work? What percentage are you dedicating to friends? What percentage are you dedicating to music? And very quickly, that pie gets filled up. Mm. And I remember that moment where you were like, oh God, I've had 12 pies. I only have one pie? It, it took me a bit, quite a bit, obviously, to wrap my head around the idea of every time I was saying yes to something, I was saying no to other things. <laughs> like, and it's that, that's the thinking through that is the game changer, that mm. slowing down rather than the knee jerk, yes, where we end up with 6,000 plates in the air that we're spinning and we're yep. up at night going, how in the world am I going to get everything done? And it's grind, grind, 14 hour yep. days. It's that thinking of, hang on a minute, what does this really involve? Where And therefore, what are the boundaries? And I... Go on. That was huge for me because I was I I was really saying yes before I even understood what I was saying yes to. Like there were a few times where I was like, sure, and thinking that it would only be maybe like an hour or something. And then this thing that just turned into this big mammoth like month or couple of months worth of project. And when I started to like, yeah, wrote down a list and went, what could I be doing right now if I didn't say yes? If I said no to that, oh, I could be walking my dog. I could go get a massage. I could read a book. So to understand that they were all the things that I was actually saying no to without realizing it every time I said yes, really kind of shifted my thinking and made me realize, no, I need to dig way deeper before I say yes. Like with a lot of us, there is this part of us inside that has grown up believing that it's our job to keep everyone happy and say yes. Yeah. And I think before I started saying no, I was very, and it seems silly to say it now, but I was really scared that like, that saying no would upset and offend people and that they'd be angry with me or that they wouldn't like me or, and it's, that's actually really funny because yes, there were a couple of times where people well, maybe a little bit taken aback or like, oh, oh, okay. But as soon as I, you know, as soon as I was able to just say no in a firm way without being aggressive or having a meltdown over it or getting upset about it, it's like I didn't, I didn't actually, you know, people were quite willing to accept a no. Like they, they were more than willing to accept a no. It's just that I hadn't even allowed the possibility of a no before. So tell us about what happened to your nervous system and also to your life, like the positive effects that setting boundaries had on your nervous system and on your life. And I mean, career and, you know, real music stuff. Mm. Just from a health perspective, going from having, you know, anywhere between half a dozen to a dozen colds a year to, I think I got, have been sick once or maybe twice in the last two years. Mm. So that in itself is massive. 
like I have the time to stop and think is, you know, what is the, my purpose for doing this particular activity? Whether, you know, and that could be anything from releasing a single to previously I was just releasing singles and I wasn't even making the most of them and I wasn't enjoying them and I wasn't celebrating the wins and I wasn't getting a chance to kind of stop and reflect on like what went well, what what needs improvement for next time, et cetera. Whereas now, like I noticed this time around, I wrote down goals of what I wanted to achieve for the song. And one of those goals was I want to be number one on the iTunes country charts. And so I was able to actually target uh, a campaign specifically as a pre- my pre-release campaign. I was able to target it at that. That was what I wanted. I went after it and I got it. This is such an advert for setting boundaries. When there's a no in place, And when you start really getting comfortable setting boundaries, which I've seen you become very Mm. comfortable saying no and setting boundaries, (laughs) very comfortable, it's like there's space and there's time. And that doesn't mean that's all we need to, to create the good stuff. What that stuff allows is for the mind, the unicorn brain, the social engagement mode, the most evolved part of the nervous system to come back online because we're out of the fight and flight mode and then the shutdown Mm. mode that we were in when we were in that grind. And so the unicorn brain comes back online and then it's from the unicorn brain, which has been facilitated by this time and space, which Mm. has been facilitated by the boundaries that you're then able to go, what do I really want? What is my vision? okay, great. How am I going to create that? And there's this resource, there's this cognitive resource in the nervous system that then allows us to do it. And it's just so interesting hearing you say that because those dominoes are really clear. Boundaries, Mm. space and time, unicorn brain, then able to achieve goals. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's really interesting because obviously, as as you can probably tell, I still have a lot of of plates (laughs) that I am juggling but I I no longer feel like previously it felt like I don't know what one of those sort of scenes in a movie or something where like um you know if it's like if it's like one of those like ball um popping machines that's like you know pop, pops the ball out and then someone hit, hits the ball with a bat and then you know when the machine goes crazy and it's just like spitting balls so fast rapid fire and you're just like ducking and trying to like hit every ball and getting smashed by all the balls um and you just end up one giant bruise from all of the balls that are hitting you. Now it feels like rather than a hundred balls, maybe it's like half a dozen balls and they're contained and I'm juggling them and I'm in control of them. I've got my publicist booked in for five single, I've got her booked out till December. I know what I'm doing in advance. I've got, I'm already in discussions with my next single that's coming out in April. You know, I'm, I'm pre-planning this stuff so that when it gets to April, I'm not going to be crazy, insane, you know, sleeping five hours because that's all I've got because I'm racing around like a lunatic the rest of the time. It's going to be all, you know, automated and scheduled and things are going to just flow and be calm and I'm not going to get sick. And I'm, <laughs> you know, that's right. I, and this is, I'm all, I already know that that is what's going to happen because, because I'm setting myself up for that. Very different to you stub your toe and you're on the ground crying, wanting to throw the talent on everything. It's completely different. (laughs) Can you tell us about the song that you wrote? Where I'm trying to be kind to myself is that when I 
fall off the bandwagon, when I don't set a boundary as clearly as I could have or should have, rather than, you know, oh, I didn't hold firm boundaries last night in that situation. I'm a failure. I didn't get good sleep because of it. And I didn't do this and this and this. And all these things have happened. Instead, I'm trying to sort of, yeah, be a bit more detached and just observe it and just kind of go, hmm, that's really interesting. Okay, what can I learn from that experience? Will I recognize the signs in future if this sort of scenario happens again? How could I have changed that? Where could I have headed that off? Where would have been the right spot to kind of um, to, to, to set that firm boundary? And I'm just sort of, yeah, trying to be kind to myself and 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 think, it's a journey. It's okay. I don't have to be perfect 100% of the time and just try and take it as a learning experience and, and how can I move on and grow from this for next time. I just love that. I always say that change is like a color wheel. We never go from red to yellow. There's always that orange in the middle where we have to just give ourselves so much grace and understanding while we are trying to learn something new. And I think that boundaries is a really good example of, you know, it does take time to learn how to do it and we have to forgive ourselves when we don't do it perfectly because none of us do. So rather than leave you with our usual outro song, we get to hear Renee's beautiful song, You Can't Outrun Yourself. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. See you next time. Back when I was first just setting sail Out there on the wide and open seas I thought I was a fast-talking, word-slinging captain Facing down the wind and waves of my own destiny As I was pushing off from shore My mama handed me a bottle With a dusty crumpled note inside the sand Don't forget to take a little time to sip some tea Read a bit of something new every day And don't try to outdrink bad memories Learn to love your scars along the way Show your inner child a little of that human kindness You know the kind you give to everybody else You can try, but the truth is you can't hide You can't outrace, outsail, outgun, or outrun No, you can't outrun yourself Sheriff shipwrecks I know that there's no need To stare down every storm There is no amount of Gold worth fighting pirates There's no shame In seeking shelter from a pole That worn out old note Is still the lighthouse of my life The light that guides me Safely past the reef Saying don't forget to take a little time to sip some tea Read a bit of something new every day And don't try to outdrink bad memories Learn to love your scars along the way And show your inner child a little of that human kindness You know the kind you give to everybody else And you can try but the truth 
Now here's a secret my mama didn't tell me It's something I had to learn along the way It's a little North Star magic that will help to guide you We can't outrun but we can change So don't you worry about the times in life you spilled that tea Just try to make one tiny change day by day And don't be drowning down bad memories Learn to love your scars along the way Gotta give her in a child a little of that human kindness The kind we always give to everybody else And you can try but the truth is you can't hide You can't outreach, outsail, outgun or outrun No, you can't outrun yourself